0: so carrying on then with fiqh al-ad'iyati wal We were talking about the virtues of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So we begin today with this section where the shaykh says وَمَجَالِسُ الذِّكْرِ هِيَ مَجَالِسُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ The gatherings where the remembrance of Allah is occurring gatherings of knowledge, gatherings of Qur'an, of sunnah, of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then those gatherings are the gatherings of the angels too. فَلَيْسَ لَهُمْ مِّن مَجَالِسِ الدُّنْيَا مَجْلِسٌ إِلَّا مَجْلِسٌ يُذْكَرُ الله تعالى فيه Because they do not have any gatherings of the world, that they attend, meaning that they seek out for other than the gatherings of knowledge, the gatherings of the remembrance of Allah. And it is mentioned in Al-Bukhari and Muslim from the hadith of Abu Hurairah. رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله إِنَّ لِلَّهِ ملائكة يَطُوفُونَ فِي الطُرُقِ يَلْتَمِسُونَ أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ فَإِذَا وَجَدُوا قَوْمًا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ تَعَالَ تَنَادَوُ هَلُمُّوا إِلَى حَاجَتِكُمْ قَالْ فَيَحُفُّونَهُمْ بِأَجْنِحَتِهِمْ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا So it mentions in the narration how Allah has these angels who look for the gatherings of knowledge, the gatherings of the remembrance of Allah. And when they find a group of people sitting upon the remembrance of Allah, then they call out and they say, Come, come to your need, meaning to the other angels. And so the angels, they come and they surround that gathering with their wings to the sky of the earth, to the heaven of the earth. فَيَسْأَلُهُمْ رَبُّهُمْ تَعَالَى وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ And then their Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, asks the angels. And Allah is more knowledgeable than them. But He asks the angels, مَا What are my servants saying? يَقُولُونَ they say, You sabbihunaka, wa yukabirunaka, wa wa They say, the angels say, That they are doing your dhikr in terms of the tasbih, subhanallah, and the takbir, Allahu akbar, the tahmid, alhamdulillah, tamjid, la ilaha illallah. That they are doing your dhikr, they are in your remembrance, they are supplicating to you. So then Allah says to them, Allah says to the angels then, have they seen me? (coughs) The angels say, no, by Allah, they have not seen you. So then Allah says to them, So how would it be if they had seen me? So they say, The angels, they say, had they seen you, then they would have been even greater in their worship for you. وَأَشَدُّ لَكَ تَحْمِيدًا وَتَمْجِيدًا And they would have been greater in their praise of you and in their supplications for you or towards you, in asking of you and praising you. وَأَكْثَرَ لَكَ تَسْبِيحًا And greater in their glorification of you. Then Allah says to the angels, مَا يَسْأَلُونِي What are they asking me for? What are they asking me for? The angels they say, kal الجنة They are asking you for paradise. They are asking you for paradise. فيقول, so then Allah says, هَلْ رَأَوْهَا Have they seen paradise? The angels, they say, "La والله يا ربي ما رأوها. No, by Allah, our Lord, they have not seen it. So then Allah says, فكيف لو Annahum رأوها? So then how would it be if they had seen it? So then the angels say, لو أنهم رأوها. Kanu Wa They said that if they had seen paradise they would have been even greater in their enthusiasm and zeal for it and their striving for it and they would have sought after it in an even greater level of effort. And they would have even greater desire to enter it. So then Allah says to the angels, فَمِمَّ يَتَعَوَّذُونَ? فَمِمَّ يَتَعَوَّذُونَ? What are they seeking refuge from? What are they seeking refuge from? The angels, they say, minanar, They are seeking refuge from the fire. Then Allah says, "Hal رَأَوْهَا Have they seen the fire? So the angels say, لا والله يا رب ما رأوها. No, by Allah my Lord, they have not seen it. Then Allah says, فَكَيْفَ لَوْ رَأَوْهَا then how would it be if they had seen it? So then the angels say, لَوْ رَأُوْهَا كَانُوا أَشَدَّ مِنْهَا فِرَارًا وَأَشَدَّ لَهَا مَخَافَةً Had they seen it, then they would be greater in their fleeing from it. And they would be greater in their fear of it. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَأُشْهِدُكُمْ أَنِّي قَدْ غَفَرْتُ لَهُمْ That I hold you to testification that indeed I have forgiven for them. I testify you to the fact that indeed I have forgiven them. So then يَقُولُ مَلَكٌ مِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ so then an angel says, one of the angels then says, فِيهِمْ fulanun One of the angels says, there is one from amongst them, in that gathering of the humans, of the believers, who were upon the remembrance of Allah. The angel says, there is one in amongst them, who isn't there for that purpose. He's not there for the actual gathering or the circle. He was there for some other need, for some other reason. Maybe he needed something of someone or whatever the other reason was. He was just there, happened to be there for some other coincidental reason. He wasn't there for the gathering. So then Allah says, هُمُ julasa لَا يَشْقَى بِهِمْ جَلِيسُهُمْ Allah says, they are all sitting together. And the one sitting there, he will not be left in any um, misery. He will not be left in any misery from the rest of his sitting uh, uh, individuals there. He is there with them, sitting with them. He will not be left in any misery separated from them. Meaning even that individual who wasn't there initially with that intention or that purpose... Being there with them in the gathering, then he is included along with them for the reward, included along with them. So this narration indicates to you that great virtue of the gatherings of the remembrance of Allah. فمجالس الذكر مجالس الملائكة. So these gatherings of knowledge, gatherings of Quran, of Sunnah, of remembrance of Allah, they are gatherings of the angels. وَمَجَالِسٌ لَهُ وَالْغَفْلَ مَجَالِسَ الشَّيَاطِينَ And as for the gatherings of uh, useless time-wasting and playing around and futile activities, then those types of gatherings of negligence of Allah, they are the gatherings of the shayateen. وَكُلُّ مُضَافٌ إِلَى شَكْلِهِ وَكُلُّ مري يَصِيرُ إِلَى مَا يُنَاسِبُهُ فَلِيَخْتَرِ الْعَبْدُ أَعْجَبُهُمَا إِلَيْهِ وَأَوْلَاهُمَا بِهِ وَالْذَّاكِرُ يَسْعِدُ بِهِ جَلِيسُهُ بِخِلَافِ الْغَافِلْ وَالْلاَغِيْ فَإِنَّهُ يَشْقَى بِهِ جَلِيسُهُ وَيَتَضَرَّرُ The Sheikh makes the point here regarding that last section of the narration where it said one person would just happen to be there. The narration highlighted how that one person still gets included with them. Upon the goodness. As for the gatherings of wastefulness and negligence, if somebody just happened to be there, they aren't going to benefit anything from that. They will end up taking on board the wastefulness and the negligence and the useful time, useless time wasting of those people. And so they end up upon harm by being in that gathering, end up upon harm in being in the gathering of such people so a person has to be very careful with who he spends his time with where and what the gatherings are that he sits in what's going on in those gatherings is it a gathering for the remembrance of allah is it a gathering speaking of the quran of the sunnah of the religion of islam increasing your iman or is it a gathering of wastefulness, a gathering of negligence, that you will only be harmed by in being present in it? So a person must be careful with regards to those things. And the gatherings of the remembrance of Allah, they keep a servant safe. From regret and loss on the day of judgment. You sit in the gatherings of the remembrance of Allah, gatherings of Quran, of Sunnah, of knowledge, of religion, then they will protect you and keep you safe on the day of judgment. Meaning, you learn in those gatherings, your iman increases, you do the righteous actions, you tread upon the straight path, and so that will help you and save you on the day of judgment from punishment. But as for those who spend their time in the gatherings of negligence, no remembrance of Allah, useless talk, idle talk, then those are the individuals who will end up in regret and loss on the day of judgment. ومن شرف مجالس الذكر وعلو مكانها عند الله أن الله عز وجل يباهي بالذاكرين ملائكته كما روى مسلم في صحيحه عن أبي سعيد الخدر قال خرج معاوية على حلقة في المسجد فقال ما أجلسكم قالوا جلسنا نذكر الله تعالى قال الله ما أجلسكم إلا ذاك قالوا والله ما أجلسنا إلا ذاك قال أما إني إني لم أستحلفكم تهمة لكم وما كان وما كان أحد بمنزلة من رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أقل عنه حديثاً مني وإن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم خرج على حلقة من أصحابه فقال ما أجلسكم قالوا جلسنا نذكر الله تعالى ونحمده على ما هدانا للإسلام ومن به علينا قال الله ما أجلسكم إلا ذاك قالوا والله ما أجلسنا إلا ذاك قال أما إني لم أستحلفكم تهمة لكم ولكنه آتاني جبريل فأخبرني أن الله تبارك يباهي بكم الملائكة In this narration it mentions from the virtues of those gatherings of knowledge is and from their high station and rank that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions those people in high regard to the angels that those believers upon the remembrance of Allah are mentioned in high regard by Allah to the angels. And it's mentioned in a hadith That on one occasion uh, Mu'awiyah uh, exited the mosque And came upon a group of people sitting And he said to them What made you sit together? They said we are sitting to remember Allah He said to them By Allah is that only the reason? They said by Allah that's the reason No other reason So then he mentions to them He mentions to them He says I do not accuse you and he says basically a quote from something he saw from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that exactly the same situation happened the prophet came across some people from the companions who were sitting and they said we are sitting upon the remembrance of allah the prophet said to them by allah is that the only reason they said by allah that is the reason nothing else and so then the prophet told them uh, it's not any uh, uh, um, any type of accusation. However, Jibreel informed me that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions these believers in high regard amongst the angels. So that is from the great uh, virtues of those gatherings of remembrance. Also, وَمَجَالِسُ الدِّكْرِ سَبَبٌ لِنُزُولِ السَّكِينَةِ these gatherings of knowledge, they bring about tranquility upon it. There is tranquility upon those gatherings of knowledge. الرحمة, and the descent of mercy and uncovering of mercy upon them. بالذكرين, and the angels, they surround those gatherings uh, and it's mentioned in a hadith of Abu Sa'id and Abu Hurairah that they witnessed the Messenger وسلم, say لا يقعد قوم في مجلس يذكرون الله فيه إلا حفتهم الملائكة وغشيتهم الرحمة ونزلت عليهم السكينة وذكرهم الله في من عنده that there is not a group of people who sit together upon the remembrance of Allah, except that the angels engulf them, angels surround them, and the mercy descends upon them, and the tranquility upon them, and Allah mentions them to those who are with him in the heavens, to the angels. And also, from the benefits of these types of gatherings, Majalis الذكر سبب عظيم من أسباب حفظ اللسان It is one of the greatest reasons to protect your tongues To guard your tongues وَصَوْنُهُ عَنِ الْغِيبَةِ وَالنَّمِيمَةِ وَالْكَذِبِ وَالْفِحْشِ وَالْبَاطِلِ And these types of gatherings they protect you from backbiting And they protect you from uh, uh, carrying tales and from lying and from lewd an incorrect and false speech, they protect you from all of that type of thing, sitting in the gatherings of knowledge and remembrance of Allah. Because a person speaks, people talk. So either you go to the gatherings of remembrance and your talk is of goodness in those gatherings, of Qur'an, of hadith, or if you're not there, then your talk, what you say and your speech is going to be at the other end of the spectrum, out there with useless individuals wasting time, backbiting, lying. You're either going to spend your time in that and your tongue and your speech in those affairs, or come to the gatherings of the remembrance of Allah where it is upon goodness And it is upon righteousness that you speak with Then the Sheikh says in a chapter The remembrance of Allah It is one of the greatest purifying actions And one of the most virtuous actions Some of the scholars they said بِتَفْضِيلِ الذِّكْرِ عَلَى الصَّدَقَةِ بِالْمَالِ وَغَيْرِهِ مِنَ That there are even narrations that highlight how doing the dhikr of Allah is superior to giving charity with your wealth and superior to other actions that a person does. So, this remembrance, it is certainly one of the greatest acts of worship. A person should not belittle the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the dhikr that a person does in remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then what we're going to move on to after these chapters, because these chapters, they are all talking about the virtue of dhikr and the benefits of dhikr. And we've mentioned several of those now in the last couple of lectures. We're going to go to chapter 8. That speaks about the consequences of those who don't do any dhikr. They are not upon the remembrance of Allah. They are upon ignorance and they are upon negligence. So, <laughs> an Allah. An Allah. The disparagement of negligence and ignorance from the remembrance of Allah. Inna <laughs> Allah tabarak wa taala, في الكريم عليه فيه في كثيرة منه. أيضا من الوقوع When Allah wa وتعالى commanded us in several ayat of the Quran and encouraged us. Uh, in many ayat of the Qur'an to be upon his remembrance, he also, also warned us against the opposite. Meaning negligence, warned us against falling into negligence. لَا يَتِمُّ الذكر لِلَّهِ حَقِيقَةً إلا بالتخلص من الغفلة because you can't really be upon the remembrance of Allah in reality until you get rid of the negligence and the ignorance you're upon. You get rid of that and connect your heart to Allah and the remembrance of Allah. Uh, and in an ayah in Al-A'raf 205, Allah mentions, "wala takum مِّنَ Do not be from the negligent ones. Allah tells us in the Qur'an, Do not be from the negligent ones. وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ أَيْ مِنَ الَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهَ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنْفُسَهُمْ Meaning those who forgot Allah, so Allah made them forget themselves. فَإِنَّهُمْ حُرِمُوا خَيْرَيِّ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ So those people were deprived of the goodness of this world, and the goodness of the afterlife. وَأَعْرَضُوا عَمَّنْ كُلُّ السَّعَادَةِ وَالْفَوْزِ فِي ذِكْرِهِ وَعِبُودِيَّتِهِ And they turned their backs and they shunned away from the one whom, if they remembered and were upon righteousness and connection to, it would be the success for them. Meaning the remembrance to Allah, the remembrance of Allah. If they were upon that, it would be success for them. But they shunned away and turned their backs against that. وَأَقْبَلُوا عَلَى مَن كُلُّ وَالْخَيْبَةِ فِي And instead, they went to doing uh, all of that which brings them misery from the negligence of Allah and instead into the other affairs of preoccupation without any remembrance of Allah. And that brings misery with it. وَفِي أَمْرٌ بِالْذِكَرُ عَلَيْهِ وَتَحْذِيرٌ مِنَ عَنْهُ وَتَحْذِيرٌ مِنْ سَبِيلِ الْغَافِلِينَ So in the ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encourages us and commands us to be constant in His remembrance. And warns us from uh, negligence and uh, being upon the path of those who are negligent of the remembrance of Allah. دَاءٌ خَطِيرٌ إِذَا الْإِنسَانَ وَتَمَكَّنَ مِنْهُ لَمْ يشتغل بطاعة الله وذكره وعبادته. Negligence is a dangerous disease, a severe disease. A person who is overcome by negligence never remembers Allah, never upon worship, never upon obedience. Then that type of individual has been overcome by the shaitan. Shaitan has whispered to him to such a level that he never remembers Allah, never does any dua, never does any supplication, never has that connection of his heart to Allah. That is a severe and a dangerous disease. Because when a person is upon that type of disease, he becomes ignorant of the worship to Allah, neglects and abandons the worship and obedience to Allah. بَلْ يَشْتَغِلْ بِالْأُمُورِ عَنْ ذِكْرِ Instead the person will preoccupy himself with time wasting playing around and that which takes him away distances him from the remembrance of Allah وَإِنْ أَعْمَالًا مِنَ الطَّاعَةِ وَالْعِبَادَةِ فَإِنَّهَا تَأْتِي مِنْهُ عَلَى حَالْ سَيِّئَةِ وَوَضْعٍ غَيْرِ حَسَنٍ And even if he ends up doing some good actions then they occur and he does them upon a bad state he doesn't do them in the good state in the good way that it should be done even if he ends up doing some good it's not in a good way فَتَكُونُ أَعَمَالُهُ مِنَ الْخُشُوعِ وَالْخُضُوعِ وَالْإِنَابَةِ وَالصِدْقُ and so the good actions that he does they aren't really pure and sincere and focused he doesn't have that submission and humility before Allah when he's doing those good actions, they are more like robotic and he's just doing it for the sake of doing it. So even those good actions are not really registered properly for him as righteous actions. جَاءَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ فِي مِنْهُ مِنْهَا وَذَمِّهَا وَبَيَانْ And that's why many places of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, has warned us against the state of those who are in that negligence. Some of those examples then <speaking> in <Hebrew> that indeed those who do not hope to meet us. And they are pleased with the worldly life. Those who are just pleased with the worldly life. And they do not have hope of meeting us. Meeting Allah and facing Allah. Then those individuals, they are content and happy and comfortable with just the world. And they are the ones who are negligent. Turn their backs against our ayat. For them, their abode will be the hellfire, because of what they have earned for themselves. How have they earned it for themselves? With their negligence, neglecting the worship of Allah, neglecting the remembrance of Allah. In a narration of al Bukhari, Muslim, Abu Musa Al-Ash'ari says, مَثَلُ الَّذِي يَذْكُرُ رَبَّهُ وَالَّذِي لَا يَذْكُرُهُ مَثَلُ الْحَيِّ The example of the one who remembers his Lord and the one who does not is like the example of the one who is dead and the one who is alive. Meaning the one who remembers Allah, he is the one who is alive in reality. And the one who does not, then he is the one who's dead, even if his heart is beating and he's walking and eating. In the other version it mentions, مَثَلُ الْبَيْتِ يُذْكَرُ The example of a household where the remembrance of Allah occurs in it, and a household where the remembrance of Allah does not occur in it, is like the example of someone alive and someone dead. One household is alive, one household is dead. The example of the one who remembers Allah and the one who does not remember Allah. Or the household that has the remembrance of Allah in it, and the household that does not have the remembrance of Allah in it. And that's why it's mentioned, Do not make your homes like graveyards. Do not make your homes like graveyards. Because in the graveyard, you're not supposed to do worship and remembrance of Allah. In the graveyard, you give the salam upon the deceased, you make dua for them and that's it. There is no worship and prayer and different types of ibadah you do at the graveyard. So in the narration it says, don't make your homes like graveyards. Graveyards are places where you don't really do worship. Don't make your homes like that. Places where you don't do any worship and they are barren from any remembrance and worship of Allah. وَلَقَدْ جَعَلَ النَّبِيُّ الْكَرِيمُ صلى الله عليه وسلم في هذا الحديث بيت الذاكر بمنزلة بيت وبيت الغافل بمنزلة بيت الميت وهو القبر In that narration then the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم gave the example of the household that has the remembrance of Allah in it as alive and the household where there is no remembrance of Allah in it like the dead one meaning like the grave وفي اللفظ الأول جعل الذاكر نفسه بمنزلة الحي والغافل بمنزلة الميت فتضمن الحديث بمجموع لفظيه أن القلب الذاكر كالحي في بيوت الأحياء والقلب الغافل كالميت في بيوت الأموات So therefore the one who is upon the remembrance of Allah then he is alive, his heart is alive in amongst others who are alive in his household but as for the one who has no remembrance of Allah, then his heart is dead in amongst the others who are dead. Meaning the household that is dead with no remembrance of Allah in it. And that's why therefore, those who are not upon the remembrance of Allah, their hearts are dead, and their body is like the graveyard. Their hearts are buried in the graveyard. Their body is like the graveyard and their heart is dead. A dead heart buried in their body. Because it is on no remembrance of Allah, no connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why it mentions now the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ prohibited us from making our homes like graveyards. He said, اِجْعَلُوا مِن صَلَاتِكُمْ فِي بُيُوتِكُمْ وَلَا تَتَّخِذُوهَا قُبُورًا Make some of your prayers at home. And do not make your homes like graveyards, like graves. Some of your prayers at home, meaning the sunnah prayers. Do the sunnah prayers, the nawafil prayers in your homes. وَلَا تَتَّخِذُوهَا قُبُورًا and do not make your homes like graves. Don't make them like the graveyards where you don't pray and you don't do worship and the remembrance of Allah. in لِيْنَا hadith حَدِيثَ Abu Hurairah لَا تَجْعَلُوا بُيُوتَكُمْ مَقَابِرُ Do not make your homes like graveyards. فَإِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ يَفِرُّ مِنَ الْبَيْتِ الَّذِي يَسْمَعُ سُورَةَ البقرة تُقْرَأُ فِيهِ For indeed the shaytan flees. From the house where he hears Surah Al-Baqarah being recited within it. He flees from the home where he hears Surah Al-Baqarah being recited within it. Shaykhul Islam Ibn Taymiyyah said, The meaning of the narration is, لا تعطلوها عن الصلاة فيها والدعاء والقراءة فتكون القبور فَأَمْرَ, فأمر العبادة فِي الْبُيُوتِ The meaning is that do not make your homes void of prayer and du'a and recitation. Don't make your homes empty without any prayer in them, without any Qur'an being read in them, without any uh, du'a being done in them. So that they become just like graveyards. Because in graveyards you're not supposed to pray there. You don't make the graveyard your place where you do your worship and other acts of uh, uh, ibadah. Rather it is outside of the graveyard. So it's saying here do not make your homes like graveyards where you don't pray, you don't read the Quran, you don't do anything. So you are supposed to do these acts of worship in the home. Do the recitation of the Qur'an in the home, do your dua at home, do the supererogatory prayers at home, and the obligatory prayers for the men in the mosques. And the women of course pray their prayers in the homes, all of them. The hearts of the people are therefore three types. The hearts of the people are therefore three types. Firstly, al qalb the sound heart, the sound heart. وَهُوَ الَّذِي سَلِيمًا مِنْ أَنْ يَكُونَ لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ فِيهِ شِرْكٌ بِوَجْهٍ مَا And that is the heart which is safe and sound from having any type of shirk within it to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. بَلْ قَدْ خَلُصَتْ عِبُودِيَّتَهُ تَعَالَىٰ But rather it is the heart which has purified its worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second type is the opposite of that. The dead heart. الْقَلْبُ الْمَيِّتِ الَّذِي لَا بِهِ فَهُوَ لَا يَعْرِفُ رَبَّهُ وَلَا يَعْبُدَهُ وَلَا the dead heart who doesn't know who his Lord is, a person who doesn't know who his Lord is, and doesn't worship his Lord, and doesn't do the commandments Allah has told us about, and doesn't do what Allah loves and is pleased with, بَلْ هُوَ وَاقِفٌ مَعَ شهواته Rather he is standing alongside his desires, his desires and that which he loves to go after. Even if those affairs have within them the anger of his Lord, the anger and the displeasure of his Lord. So that type of person is now enslaved. To other than Allah in His love and hope and fear and uh, pleasing and unpleasing and uh, magnifying and all of the affairs. In أحب أحب So when he loves something, he only loves it for his desires. He only loves it for his desires. وَإِن أَبْغَضَ And if he hates something, then he only hates it because he doesn't desire it. That's the only reason what he loves and what he hates. الثالث نوع type of heart. قلب له حياة وبه علة فله مادتان تمده هذه مرة وهذه تمده أخرى وهو لما غلب عليه منهما ففيه من أحبة الله تعالى والإيمان به والإخلاص له والتوكل عليه ما هو مادة حياته وفيه من محبة شهوات وإثارها والحرص على تحصيلها the third type, قَلْبٌ لَهُ وَبِهِ A heart which has life and it has an illa, meaning it has the weakness and the disease and the opposite too. It has life in it, but it has a problem in it. So these are the two opposites. Sometimes the life of the heart, that side of it, pulls him to the good. And then the other side of it, the weakness, sometimes pulls him to the other side. When one overcomes the other, then he goes upon that side. Perhaps he is overcome with goodness from the life of his heart. So then he goes towards that. And maybe at other times he gives a priority to his desires instead. So these are the three types of hearts that a person may be upon. Then we move on to some of the ways and etiquettes of doing dhikr. Firstly, أَن يَكُونَ الذِّكْرَ فِي نَفْسِهِ لِأَنَّ الْإِخْفَاءَ أَدْخَلُ فِي الْإِخْلَاصِ وَأَقَرَبُ إِلَى الْإِجَابَ وَأَبْعِدُ مِنَ الْرِّيَعِ that you do the dhikr in of yourself, not out loud and showing everybody because that can then lead to showing off. You do it in of yourself, quietly to yourself, because that will give a greater degree of sincerity for you. Secondly, an yakuna ala sabir al-tadharru' wa that you also do your dhikr and your dua in humility and submission to Allah. In humility and submission and modesty and humbleness before Allah. Thirdly, That also you have a fear. When you do your dhikr your du'a, You have a degree of fear that you are upon. Of the wrongs that you've done and the evils you've done. And that... It may not be accepted from you, this dua and supplication that you are doing. So you have that level of fear in of you still. It's mentioned in a hadith, Aisha Anha asked the Prophet about these people. She said, Ya Rasulullah, meaning the one who fears for himself, أَهُوَ الرَّجُلُ يَزْنِي وَيَسْرِقُ وَيَشْرَبَ الْخَمَرُ وَيَخَافُ أَنْ is it a person who fornicates and steals and drinks alcohol and then he fears he's going to be punished? قَالْ لَا siddiq The Prophet said, no, O oh daughter of a Siddiq. لَكِنَّهُ الرَّجُلْ yasum وَيَصُومِ يَتَصَدَّقُ Rather it is a man who prays and fasts and gives in charity وَيَخَافْ أَنْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْهُ But he's is afraid it may not be accepted from him. Also from the mannerisms of dhikr and du'a Is that you don't do it out loud But you do it quietly The first one was You do it inside of yourself Completely basically This is now that you say it But it's done quietly Not out loud Uh, There are some types of dhikr At some times Where you are supposed to do it out loud But generally speaking Otherwise from the du'as and the supplications That they not be Uh, They are not to be done out loud. Rather, you do them quietly because that uh, brings you a greater level of sincerity in how you're doing it. The fifth is that your heart and your tongue be connected. Your heart and your tongue be connected when doing that dhikr. Not that you're just saying it upon your tongue and your heart is not connected. Like the people on their beads just doing it and they haven't got a clue what they're saying or where they are, just flicking through the beads. Rather, here it says, heart connected with what you're doing. You're focused on your du'a and your dhikr and your supplication, not just randomly doing it. Then also, that it be done morning and evening. Do your supplications, your du'as, morning and evening. That's from the etiquettes of doing dhikr. That it be done in the morning and in the evening, throughout the day. Seventhly, to avoid negligence, do not be upon negligence and ignorance and preoccupied with things that take you away from the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That brings us to the end of that section. What we're going to start with next time then is actual du'as. What are some of the actual du'as you're supposed to do? And we'll begin with the best of the dhikr, what is the best type of dhikr you can do, the best type of the remembrance of Allah you can do, and that is the Qur'an. So we're going to talk about the Qur'an next week, remembrance of Allah through the Qur'an, through the recitation of the Qur'an. We'll begin regarding the Quran from next week, inshaAllah ta'ala. So we'll round off on that for today. Any questions or anything? You can ask now. Hmm. You know the after Salah? Sometimes um, you can individuals sitting next to you that read out the dhikr a bit loud and it bothers you as can. And then some
1: brother said there's actually
0: a narration saying that a person can do that aloud. Correct. That? After the prayer, there is a narration about doing some of the dhikr aloud. That's correct. But then it bothers like me and the when it does a kind of bothers my dhikr. And can't no, it cannot bother your dhikr. If this is something mentioned in the sunnah, then it is a revelation and it is something correct. And if everybody implemented it, For that section, that small dhikr that you do after the prayer, everybody implement the sunnah, nobody's going to disturb anybody then. Everybody's doing it out loud and reading it out loud. So that cannot be considered or said to be bothering at all. Everybody implement it, then nobody will bother anyone. Hmm. Alright, so next week's going to be about the Qur'an, about the revelation of the Qur'an. And dhikr of Allah via the Quran about Ramadan and how the Qur'an came in Ramadan, all of those topics about the Quran next week inshaAllah Taala. Mm-hmm. Approximately seven fifteen PM InshaAllah. InshaAllah.